Chapter Two of My Travels, a Family Story. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Betty B. My Travels, a Family Story by Maria Hackett. Chapter Two. Much consternation was experienced among the passengers while the piratical-looking craft described in my last letter was drawing near it was eight o'clock in the morning when we first sighted her and a few hours later she was alongside meanwhile the captain of our ship had not lost his presence of mind but had got all things in readiness to fight if necessary all the male passengers were armed in the best manner that the ship could afford some with horse pistols some with guns and the sailors were supplied with marlin spikes and swords the women on board were in a terrible state we felt that our last hour had come and the awful fate of the ship cumberland only a month before was felt as a forerunner of what we ourselves would have to undergo we bade our husbands a tearful farewell and spoke our last words in the full expectation of a bloody death in the midst of the excitement mr slowman was discovered endeavouring to hide his trunk full of guineas under his berth he was crying bitterly at his fate, at times praying and at times cursing his luck. It afforded, even in all our fear, some amusement, and we could not help laughing at the poor wretch. The pirate was now close alongside, and our vessel was hailed through a trumpet. What ship is that, and where bound? The ship Coronet from Cork, bound for Hobart Town. Then came, I want to come on board, and in a few minutes a boat was lowered, and a tall, fine-looking man was soon on our deck, talking with our captain. Our crew had been dressed in soldiers' coats, in hopes that the pirate would fancy we were a prison ship, and so give us a wide berth. But a short inspection convinced him that we would be able to offer only a feeble resistance. You can imagine with what awe we looked upon the bloodthirsty wretch, who was talking, apparently, in the most amiable manner. We could see the murderous crew, swarming on the sides of his ship and could plainly discern a long cannon on a swivel near the bow pointed ominously toward us captain daniels answered all the fellow's questions without exhibiting any fear pressed him to stay to dinner and made him a present of a barrel of corned beef and a small cask of whiskey which he promptly accepted he also in the most courteous manner accepted the invitation to dine saying that as there were so many ladies on board it would be necessary for him to return to his ship in order to dress suitably he thereupon with many salutations and bows to the captain and the ladies who were still greatly excited with terror took his departure with the six men who had accompanied him we felt then that it was all up with us and that having found out our weakness he would make an easy capture and now i am about to relate something marvellous which the scoffer may ridicule but which i shall always gratefully feel was a direct interposition of providence to save us from a dreadful fate no sooner had the pirate returned to his vessel than a dense fog sprang up and we saw him no more this may to some of my readers look like a simple way to be extricated from danger but i most solemnly assure you that we all felt that it was a providential interposition in our behalf here i must say that no matter how many times we had heard the story 
and no matter how very opportunely this fog had sprung up we all heaved a sigh of relief to think of the narrow escape our parents had from sudden and ignominious death we always tried to get further particulars or explanation of the apparent miracle but our dear mother could ascribe the escape only to an interposition of divine providence in which she thoroughly believed and which we were satisfied to accept five months from that time the pirate was captured by a british man-of-war and every one on board was hanged at low water mark in liverpool they being taken red-handed as it were with heaps of plunder in their possession and with sufficient evidence to prove that they were the scoundrels that destroyed the cumberland a bucket marked cumberland on the bottom which mark they had not effaced helping vastly towards conviction and now comes the description of a scene which was at that time common but which has long since passed away together with many other customs which were barbarous and inhuman and seemingly impossible for the society of fifty years ago i refer to the indignities inflicted on all voyagers on crossing the equator or as it was called crossing the line be it known that fifty years ago the sailors of a ship crossing the line were relieved from all duty for one day they becoming masters as it were and looking on the passengers as so much food for the grossest practical jokes my husband had made up his mind not to go through the ordeal and had by threats and a generous distribution of money to the crew succeeded in making terms with them that is he was to have only a partial interview with the sea-god neptune our friend mr sloman was early pounced upon by the sailors who stripped him almost naked then they tossed him in a large sail filled with dirty bilge water until the poor fellow was half dead he was then treated to a coat of grease and tar and a burly sailor dressed as neptune proceeded to shave him with a rusty iron hoop the pain inflicted by this ceremony must have been very severe the crew by this time were greatly under the influence of liquor and were tossing the next candidate in the sail full of dirty water the next ordeal mr sloman was subjected to was called the kiss of neptune the sailor who took the part had a strip of leather studded with carpet tacks tied over his face and then he embraced the unfortunate man causing the blood to run in streams from him he was then deluged with buckets of bilge water and filth and almost fainting bleeding at every pore and half suffocated was at length released from his tormentors nearly every male passenger suffered this indignity not even the clergyman escaping though he received his punishment in a mitigated form my husband alone stood out and threatened to put a bullet into the first one that touched him and his determination added to the money he had paid saved him from insult the lady passengers were not allowed to escape each one being subjected to a deluge of salt water thrown on them by the crew and even the captain had to take his share of the last punishment altogether it was a most unpleasant experience and many of us did not recover from its effect for weeks the custom has long since been discontinued though the sailors fought stoutly for this one day of license and outrage after crossing the equator our voyage became exceedingly monotonous and devoid of interest the heat was stifling and often for days we floated on the water becalmed it was with feelings of the greatest joy we first saw land 
and on the tenth day of october eighteen twenty eight we sailed up the derwent river and landed at hobart town after having spent nearly six months on shipboard those who take a journey in our fast sailing steamers of the present day enjoy fully the first sight of land after a paltry trip of at most twelve days and they can realize in a measure our great delight in leaving the ship where we had been closely confined with none of the comforts of the Cunarders or inman line mr sloman our attentive friend was so delighted at escaping the perils of the ocean that he invited all the cabin passengers to a wine supper at the best hotel the invitation was unanimously accepted and we sat down a joyous party to an elegant repast in the midst of the festivities while mr sloman was making a reply to a toast in his honor there came marching into the room two detective officers who arrested him in the middle of a speech clapped handcuffs upon him and marched him off without even giving him time to settle his little bill for champagne in confusion the party broke up and not till the next day did we find out the cause of our mysterious passenger's sudden arrest he was the famous ikey solomon the greatest thief and receiver of stolen goods in london he had a large house in london all panelled and between the walls and panels he concealed the stolen property several men had been hanged on his account and many transported he had escaped from the police fled to rio and from thence to van diemen's land only to be arrested he was immediately sent back tried and sentenced for life and in due time returned a prisoner again i afterwards saw him in chains the man who arrested him was sent out by the government for that purpose and had travelled thirty thousand miles to accomplish the job End of chapter two